This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Over to Scotland. What would you do if your dad tried to rob you at an ATM? Would you turn him into the police? That's a dilemma that a young man was facing over there, Jim. Yeah, 17 years old. It was at night, and uh, he went to an ATM, taking in a little bit of money. And uh, as he puts the ca- like the card and the cash back in his pocket, he feels somebody behind him, grabbing his neck, pushing him against the wall. He turns around, it's a guy with uh, basically a ski mask on. The guy's like, give me all your money! Give it to me now! And the, the 17-year-old looks at the guy and goes, Dad? Are you serious? Do you know who this is? And then, then the dad goes... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm desperate. I guess the son recognized his voice and his eyes. That's what he told the police. So the son fled from the scene. The dad, who was the thief, didn't chase him. He told his grandma about the thing, about what happened. The grandma called the police on the dad. So the grandma called the police on her son... And then this, because her son robbed his son. <laughs> it's kind of complicated, but not great for the family. No. Uh, the dad is now uh, sentenced to 26 months in jail. Wow. Armed robbery. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I'm assuming, though, that this wasn't the, uh, the first time dad had done something that disparaged the family name. Yeah, I'm going to say the relationship was strained to begin with. (laughs) He's obviously not in a good place. Dad, I haven't seen you for three years, and now you're mugging me at an ATM? (laughs) (laughs) The dad did say, he's like, oh, I I didn't realize it was my son when I started mugging him. (laughs) Not that it makes it any better. He still was mugging somebody. (laughs) In fact, he should have been like, hey, son, let's team up. You know, let's do a father-son crime duo here. Let's go mug your sister. (laughs) The Taz and Jim Podcast. And Brian May, Queen guitarist, has been knighted. Not by the Queen, obviously. She's no longer around. Mm -hmm. King Charles did the honors. Hmm. Knighting used to be so cool. And it's still great for Brian May, but I feel like it's not as cool as it was. The The royal family's taken a big hit in the last 20 years, 25 when years. When was knighting cool? Like I think back... the le- mid-90s, I think. Before okay. Prince's, the whole Princess Die thing happened, I think, it slowly started going downhill. Jim, I thought you were going to say it was cool back when there was dragons and stuff around. That's when it was the coolest. <laughs> back with Arthur and the boys. The round table? Yeah, yeah, Merlin hanging out. You don't even get a suit of armor anymore. Yeah. Uh, I hope at least you get a sword. Yeah, I don't know. Does the the Like the the sword that touches your head and shoulders you should get. I think the whole point is that it doesn't touch your head. That's what I was worried about with King Charles because we've all seen his chubby little sausage fingers, right? I didn't know what kind of control he'd have over that sword, and I was a little concerned that Brian May might lose an ear. Yeah, oops, butter fingers. <laughs> Sausage fingers. <laughs> <laughs> lose an ear or some of those luscious, luscious curly locks that he has on his head. That'd be a shame. Brian says he's happy to be knighted. He does a lot of charity work, and he says this kind of license is a kind of commission to carry on doing what I'm doing, and I'm very happy about that. He said of King Charles, we've had various conversations over the years, and I feel that we have a kind of friendship. I have enormous respect for him. I think he's been through some very difficult times and always behaved with incredible grace and dignity. 
Well, of course he's going to say that. The guy has a sword in his hands. (laughs) (laughs) What's he going to say tomorrow? (laughs) Freddie Mercury was never knighted, which is unfortunate. Mm -hmm. And once you're dead, they can't go back and and knight you. I just looked it up. Uh, It's not the same, though. Like You have to be there and experience the the thing for it to matter, I think. like You have to get down on the knee and go through the ceremony. Yeah, who's it for if you're not around, right? If it's not for you, then who's it for? The royal family to get good PR, maybe? That would be it. Brian May of Queen is now Sir Brian May. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. 20 years of Kenny versus Spenny. There's an anniversary tour going on right now, and we've got one half of the duo on the air with us. The good half, Kenny Hotz, everybody. Mr. Hotz, I prefer. And yes, the important half. And it's not (laughs) a 20-year anniversary. It's like a 55-year anniversary. We've been doing this for a while now. So what is the anniversary of? Is it the show debuting on the CBC? Yeah, yeah, on the Can't Be Cool, we used to call it. You know, they, our nicknames on the CBC were Wine and Shyster. <laughs> it is one of the most remarkable feats, I think, in Canadian broadcasting history that I can remember getting home from school at like, what time were you on, like 4.30 in the afternoon? Well, we were on at 5.30, right after The Simpsons, and then it went from us to the Nationals. So there was always like this insane <laughs> humiliation of Spencer bobbing for apples out of a toilet before it got to like Peter Mansbridge. Oh, yeah. I know. Just some I, wild television. The stuff you guys were doing on that show, the fact that it was after school TV for... <laughs> Government the, funded. The young generation. I, like, How did you pull it off? You, well, you, you know what's funny is it was so Canadian that the broadcasters didn't really you know, regulate us or have any input and so un-Canadian because it was a show that glorified a cheater. You know, it was so absurd and, and abrasive to Canadians because um, it was coming out of, a, an, a you know, a Tom Green kind of genre and jackass. So Canada was kind of looking for a show that emulated the, those highly successful shows in the U.S. And we were kind of the next guys in line. We did a pilot in L.A., and uh, Showcase gave us 26 shows, which is the, like the largest order in the history of, you know, the channel. And we were Jews, you know, there, there were no Jews on TV in the CBC. So, so it, it was kind of just this perfect storm. And then once we started airing, whatever we put on, they were allowing. And it was just <laughs> insane. Like, we slipped through the cracks and then the show got so popular they couldn't really mess with it. Yeah, um, and then I—I yeah, I, I remember seeing some stuff. I'm like, "What? Like this? They wouldn't let this on some stations after 10:30 at night." Yeah, they wouldn't let that on Al Jazeera now. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let that on anything now. I can't even get it on YouTube anymore. Yeah, you know? times have changed a little bit. One of the biggest laughs I ever had, Kenny. I don't know what your favorite moment from the show is, but when you had that pump and you pumped the air into your buttocks and then released that loud, long fart, the <laughs> look on your face is the funniest part of it because obviously you even surprised yourself with that one. It was more like, Take this, I'm, I win. So, and, and you know what? It's funny because Matt and Trey from South Park executive produced that um, season. So I took the show to them in Los Angeles and showed it to them. And I watched them fall off a couch laughing, which was one of the greatest moments of my life to get those, you know, to have those two geniuses hit the floor because you made something. And to me, 
you know, I love the show. I, I honestly think that it's that that moment of me farting on the stairs is one of the greatest moments in the history of television. But I'm an egomaniacal <laughs> narcissist. It's funny because that sounds like an exaggeration, but you just have to think about how influential uh, your show was. Plus, you mentioned Jackass and Tom Green, but really, I mean, half of YouTube is essentially a Kenny versus Spenny uh, episode. I mean, Mr. Beast is just basically a bunch of challenges. Maybe not yeah. as silly, but I mean, that is kind of YouTube. It's taking over television. Yeah, people doing yeah. moronic things. Gorilla style. We, 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 we've kind of been saddled with that idea that we were kind of like uh, pioneers, but you know, I think things would have probably gotten there eventually. And I don't want to be responsible for all of these, you know, idiots putting on mascara and making 150,000 bucks a week. So. <laughs> and, but the show was not, you know, it was not exploitational. Like we did who do gay guys like more, who do um, black guys like more, who could smoke more weed, who could drink more beer. And we didn't exploit anybody except for ourselves, really. We, yeah. we unlike Jackass and, and Tom Green, who kind of enjoyed doing these stunts, we hated it. I hated drinking 50 beers or smoking a pile of weed. It was disgusting and horrible. And I think the audience is kind of like this sick, it was kind of like this gladiator ring. And the show actually starts with us in the gladiator ring mm. uh, over opening titles. But you know, it was just, it was just, we had this sick, twisted audience that wanted us to suffer. And the more episodes we did, the more Spenny and I kind of became natural enemies. And, and, and like most series where the creators end up hating themselves, the show's go in the toilet with us the more we hated ourselves the meaner the show got more. <laughs> <laughs> That's the secret. how tough was it to come up with new ideas because you, you had quite the run and you know it gets to a point it's like okay well we've we've already the bar is so high with the stuff and the humiliations we've put ourselves through what else is there left to do but it, because it was character driven it, it really didn't matter like i think the shows that we didn't get to do like first guy to knit a sweater would have been one of the greatest shows ever because these two, you know, idiot guys trying to knit, uh, <laughs> I thought would have been hilarious, but you know, we wanted to do like who could smoke more cigarettes or who could get slapped by more old ladies who could entice more children into a van. I honestly have hundreds of episodes. And if there's any crypto whales out there that want the show to keep going, send me a, Email. I mean, email. Top Gun got a sequel. Nobody ever saw that coming. Picard's <laughs> back in Star Trek. Why not? A season seven of Kenny and Spenny. Top Gun Maverick, Kenny versus Spenny. Yeah. Same thing. <laughs> it honestly has half a billion views on YouTube. That's crazy. Um, How cool is it for you uh, being able now to tour around and, and see like the kids that were watching you after school at 5.30 on the CBC as grown adults and, and sharing uh, their admiration with you two? Listen, my my family grew up on Ferguson Avenue in Hamilton. They were crappy, like, you know, scrap dealers that used to fill Laidlaw's bins with snow and just put a piece of aluminum on top and run away. And, and you know, I've had, you know, numerous girlfriends in London. You know, I, I grew up in GTs and Joe Cools. Yeah, yeah baby. baby. You know what I mean? So, uh, so for me to go back to Hamilton, a place where my, like, dad was born and, you know, sell out a show for me is incredible. And, and, you know, it's nice. It's also nice seeing Hamilton because they have a, a, their own separate lane for electric wheelchairs. 
That was a joke. (laughs) So hopeful. (laughs) 20-year anniversary of Kenny versus Spenny. Live shows this weekend, one in London at the London Music Hall on Saturday night, and then Sunday in the Taz and Jim listening area. You can see the boys at Capital 33 in the booming metropolis of Delhi, Ontario. You got to make sure you say hi to Spencer for us. Kenny, appreciate your time, and thank you for sharing yeah, some memories. And I'm sure everyone. the fans are going to have fun with more memories yeah. and stories on stage in London and Delhi. Thanks, Kenny. Right. Love you guys and love you all. Thanks so much for everything. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Devin Peacock, our sports guy, is still here. Uh, a video has gone viral of a university hockey player down in the U.S., Doing something pretty stupid at a bar on Saturday night, Dev. Yeah, so Carson Briere, who is the son of Daniel Briere. General manager of the Philadelphia Flyers? New general manager of the Philadelphia Flyers. First headache involving a hockey player. Isn't a player on the Flyers? It's his son. uh, Has been caught on video at a, a bar at a party... Uh, throwing a wheelchair down the stairs. Now, the story behind this is uh, there's a bunch of people in a room dancing. There's a stairs downstairs to go to the washroom. What we don't see on the video is there was a young woman who was in the wheelchair, but because there was no wheelchair access to the washroom, had to be carried down to the washroom and left her wheelchair at the top of the stairs. Carson Briere walks upstairs, he's with a couple of buddies, he rides around in the wheelchair for about, you know, 10 seconds, and then gets out of it and tosses it down, shoves shoves it down the stairs. Yeah, it looks like uh, there's no audio, but I gotta tell you, if you're thinking about doing something stupid at a bar... Those cameras are high definition. (laughs) And they're only getting better. There is no mistaking who the people in the video are. And Carson Breer looks a lot like his pops. If you told me, like, because there's a picture of Carson Breer, like his hockey picture, because he's on the the university hockey team. If you showed me a picture of Carson Breer and told me it was Daniel Breer, I would have believed you. They look like he's a carbon copy of his father. So it pushes the wheelchair down the stairs, but it looks like his buddies, because he, he gets in the chair first, it looks like his, one of his buddies says, wouldn't it be funny if you got in the wheelchair and you, you uh, rolled through the bar? No, wouldn't be funny, but less funny pushing it down the stairs so this poor girl now is stuck in the basement near the washrooms while they figure out if her chair is damaged, having to bring it back up. It, it's broken. So they there is a GoFundMe that has been set up to get her a new wheelchair because it, it can't be fixed, apparently. Uh, so uh, the university has responded to this. This uh, started going viral uh, yesterday. This happened Saturday, apparently. Uh, the university has responded, saying they're investigating. Sort of the, the backstory for Carson Briere is he's been in trouble before. So he got kicked off the team once. This was his second chance. So I don't know what he got kicked off the first time for, but being kicked off the team once, Throwing giving us crutches second- down an elevator shaft. <laughs> <laughs> And so the second, the fact this is your second chance probably uh, suggests yeah. this is the end for old Carson. I wonder how many chances he has with his dad. <laughs> like, you got to think, Daniel Briere. Like it's just so stupid and uh, like a, a dumb decision that is now going to affect his father, and it's a PR nightmare 
for the Flyers? Like, what are the Flyers commenting at all? Have they said, "Hey, we'll pay for the wheelchair"? There's been no comment from the Flyers. But if I were the if I were the Flyers, if I was the Briere family, like Daniel Briere could buy, like there doesn't need to be a GoFundMe. We have GoFundMe's exactly. for way too yeah. many things. It was a stupid mistake, but it can be rectified, right? Yeah, it's, well, it's not Daniel Breer's fault or the Flyers, as long as the Sun is held accountable. If there's yes. a cover-up or yeah. something like that, like it's not Danny's fault and the Flyers didn't do it's, anything, it has but nothing if, to do with the Flyers. just Carson needs to step up and take care of this. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd almost say, you're right, Daniel needs to come out and say, my son is an idiot, and I'm not bailing him out. Yeah, he's also he, an adult. He made the decision, he's 23 years old, he made the decision to do this. He can get himself out of his own mess. I've bailed him out too many times in the past. And by the way, for every Carson Briere out there, I hope there is two of those ladies' friends who would carry their friend down the stairs every time she has to go to ba- the bathroom. Yes. Like, he's a bad person, but there are two or three great people in this story that you can kind of at least be happy with. Bringing 100%. up the average in humankind, yeah. right? <laughs> are you brave enough to let me see your peacock? Devin Peacock is our sports guy. He's just walked into the studio and he's got something in his hand. Is that it, Dev? This is it. Oh, boy. Peacock's March Madness Bracket. We were talking on the show about how difficult it is to fill out a perfect bracket. So we're not expecting that from you, Dev. (laughs) We just want something that can win us the office pool. You know what I mean? Listen, I I feel like I, I correctly picked the winner like four years ago. I want to just ride that for the rest of my life. Can I just not... Who was it that year? Virginia. Virginia. Okay. If you get it once every five years, that's fine. But if you if like another few years go by and you don't pick another winner, <laughs> Deb, you can't you can't ride that one forever. Yeah. There's an expiry date yeah. on this. Okay. All right. Okay. So clearly we can't go through every team, but who are your favorites? Who do you think is going to make it deep into the uh, basketball tournament? So my final four is Alabama. Uh huh. Duke. Yep. Houston. Okay. Gonzaga. Love it. I'm really liking Duke uh, this year. I know everyone hates Duke, uh, but they got a new coach, Mike Krzyzewski, uh, re- re- uh, retired. And uh, their new coach, everyone's kind of, there's kind of a buzz about Duke. I kind of like Duke. A team I don't have making the Final Four, but I do have making the Elite Eight, is Marquette. Marquette's a two seed. They're really hot right now. I think they can really make a real run for it. I do have a major uh, upset. In the, in the first round here on the Let's ball. Okay. So I'm pre- I'm predicting a 15 to knock off a 2. I think... Uh, Anything be- specific? <laughs> yeah, no, no. So okay. Me, Colgate. Uh, to, uh, Colgate's ranked 15th, beating Texas. Why Colgate? Just because the, you know, it's the toothpaste you use? Or? It, it's less about Colgate, more about Texas. Texas has had a lot of inner turmoil as of late. I don't think they're in the right mindset. I think they're ripe for the plucking. Okay, I'm putting a big bet down on that one. I like it. I'm just looking. I'm peeking at your final. Uh, is Houston versus Alabama? Houston versus Alabama. And uh, Houston winning it all. I don't hear Houston that much. Like, I'm not that familiar with the NCAA big teams. Bama, Duke, Gonzaga, always in the running. Is Houston a common team up in the top eight? Houston's not a traditional uh, basketball powerhouse, but they are a one seed. So, I mean, okay. so, but I, I just think they have the right temperament. Everyone's looking at Alabama. Alabama's had been the team of the season all year long. I think they've, they've got a clear shot right to the final four, but I think Houston's going to pull it out. 
I'm going to tell you what I'm doing here, Dev. I am taking your... I've been invited into a pool with oh, some buddies. Oh, no. Here I'm going to take your bracket and verbatim, that is going to be my bracket now. <laughs> it's going to be uh, funny when Taz gets mad at you, Devin. Yes, I can, I can already... <laughs> well, here's the option. I think it's $20 to get in. If you want to give 10 then we can be a team. Otherwise, I'm going alone with your picks. Imagine if I win, how upset you'll be you didn't join in. I'll, I'll go halfsies. All right. So it's so the now Peacock Taz here. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the end of our relationship. <laughs> we will post Peacock's bracket on the Taz and Jim Facebook page. This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. I've been jonesing for another trashy celebrity memoir to read <laughs> ever since I finished Prince Harry's Spare a couple yeah. of weeks back. <laughs> And good news, Paris Hilton's new book, Paris the Memoir, hit shelves yesterday. Now, I'm just looking over some excerpts from the book uh, People Magazine has posted. And this story is creepy, man. So Paris says in this book she had an inappropriate relationship with a teacher at one point. Mm-hmm. Her eighth grade teacher. Mm. Yeah. Oh, boy. Doesn't name the guy. I think it's easy to track down. (laughs) Well, especially because she does give a description. Says he was handsome and young, had a, quote, very Abercrombie look. Yeah, well, it's not going to take Sherlock Holmes to just look at the... At the yearbook? Yeah, clearly. It's <laughs> Who's that the hottest guy. teacher in the yearbook? Uh, who was her teacher in grade eight? You don't have to look at the... Judge the looks. It's just who was her teacher when Who's she was in grade eight? Who's the shirtless Abercrombie model that was teaching grade eight back then? Uh, this was at a Catholic school, and Paris says all the females would lust after this teacher, even the nuns. That's how hot he was. Whoa. Even the nuns wanted to get with this guy. Paris says she was the one he had his eye on. He told her he had a crush on her. He made me feel noticed in an important grown-up way, she says. Yeah, this is just gross. He flattered and teased me. All the other girls would talk about me behind my back because they were jealous. He asked for my number. They talked every night. Uh, what? And then one night when her parents weren't home, he came over. He pulled into the driveway in his late model SUV. She got in the passenger seat. Paris says her and the teacher kissed for what seemed like a long time, and it seemed to be evolving into something more. But before something more could happen, Paris's parents came home. Thank goodness. The teacher drove off. Her parents knew something was going on, so they sent Paris to live with her grandmother in Palm Springs. Good. (laughs) And they sent an assassin over to the teacher's apartment. Paris says she never told anyone at school, but somehow everyone seemed to know. Uh, Says the teacher's reputation didn't suffer. He was never punished to this day. She doesn't know if he ever even got in trouble or reprimanded, and she says, my parents never volunteered any information. I never asked, but I assume the fear of bad publicity prevented them from making a scene or pressing charges. Well, I think that's coming to an end here. Like, this guy, if he's still alive and still around, knows who he is, and I bet you he's probably bragged to people, oh, I used to teach Paris Hilton in grade eight. Now, if he's told a single human that... And this book comes out, (laughs) it's not a good week for uh, old Mr. Creep. Yeah, I hope not. I hope they find out who he is. 
Eighth grade teacher. That's disgusting. I can't believe I, that Paris got punished. Like, you know what I mean? She's the one who got punished. She's in grade eight. She's 13 yeah. years old. She doesn't know this any This guy better. clearly should have been fired from his job. Uh, clearly. And if I was a billionaire like her parents, I could make a guy disappear pretty damn quick. There's solutions. There's solutions to that problem that don't involve publicity. Yeah, I wouldn't encourage it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not saying I'd do it. Paris Hilton's new book, Paris the Memoir, is now available. You have the right to remain stupid. Yeah, time for a story about a stupid criminal here on the show. You've heard the expression, don't bring sand to the beach, right, Jim? Mm -hmm. Why buy milk when you have the cow at home? Yep. How about, why bring weed to Jamaica? (laughs) So cannabis and Jamaica, they have a long relationship, would Mm -hmm. you say? Uh, Have you heard reggae music? (laughs) It's not legal. You got to still be careful. It's not like Mm -hmm. a free-for-all if you go to Jamaica, but I have been there. And within the first four minutes of walking out of the airport, I was offered... Uh, to buy some marijuana. Hmm. Was it an undercover cop? I, I didn't buy it, so I oh. don't know. I don't know. It was a That's guy, why you're here to tell the tale. It was a guy who, who was, if he was an undercover, his cover was bag guy at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> what a great side hustle. And then when we got to the resort, the other undercover cop's uh, cover was janitor at the resort. I see how this is, works. Listen, there was no shortage of opportunities to buy marijuana in Jamaica. Well, a 37-year-old American woman either didn't know that or is just a complete moron. She was busted a couple weeks ago trying to bring about 20 ounces of weed into Mm. Jamaica. When she was caught, she told customs officials that she was... um, bringing the weed into Jamaica because she wanted to show her Jamaican friends that the weed is better in the United States. Wow. So not only did she do something illegal, she's also insulting a Jamaican crop. The woman was from New York, had a license to have marijuana for medicinal purposes, but she didn't have permission to bring it to Jamaica. Mm. Court ordered her to pay a fine of $30,000 or do 30 days in jail for importing a drug. I don't know which one she chose or if she'll be appealing, but uh, yeah, it was basically she wanted to do the Pepsi challenge, but with weed. Down in Jamaica. Oh, boy. Yeah. That'd be a tough choice to make. 30 days in jail or $30,000. I guess it depends which jail you go to, essentially. Which jail you go to and how much money you already have, yes. right? If you've got a lot of cash, it's t- easy. here you go. Sure. Decision's easy. <laughs> but you're right. Uh, judge, uh, which jail? Yeah, we which talking? jail are we talking America, about? Jamaica, Canada, what's happening? <laughs> this is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Yeah, it's Taz and Jim talking yesterday with one of our listeners, Mitch, and we did get a bunch of feedback text messages. Mitch was saying that he got ripped on one of these websites that you're seeing pop up, Facebook groups, uh, about 
uh, online dating where women will share stories about men they go on dates with to warn other women about them. Mm-hmm. And somebody was warning women uh, about Mitch, even though Mitch himself swears he's a great guy. He says, guys, I, yeah, I don't know why anyone would post this about me. I'm an awesome dude. I'm sure most guys that get ripped on that website think they're pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, probably before it gets thrown in their face. <laughs> but Mitch, you know, he, he just wanted to warn you. You got to watch what you do, what you say, and um, you never know if you rub someone the wrong way, they could seek vengeance on one of these uh, dating websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, Another dating warning here in the Taz and Jim listening area. This one coming from police in the Mississauga area. Yeah, there was a woman who was active on online dating, 18 years old. Uh, She would meet up with uh, dudes for the date, and then she would rob them at knife point. She allegedly produced a knife and would use it to rob the unsuspecting victims of their money. She did it to several dudes that she met online on online dating sites. She was arrested last Friday. Uh, Jasmine Jung is her name, 18 years old. Do not swipe right on her. Her face is now available and posted online. She is charged with two counts of robbery, which is a little surprising to me because the story says several guys were robbed, but maybe they could only prove two. Or maybe the guys that uh, didn't press charges are married. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Maybe. Yeah, that's a good way. They're, They're featured heavily on the Facebook group. Are we dating the same guy? <laughs> 18 years old. I wonder yeah. I wonder if some of those, because it would be, uh, I'm not encouraging this sort of behavior, but if you were 18 and you were luring like older married men, kind of like uh, they used to do on Dateline NBC with Chris Hansen to catch a predator. Yeah, yeah. Right? You lure them in and then you rob them at knife point. They can't really tell anyone about it. Yeah, but she's 18. Depends how long she's been doing this for. So technically, it's not uh, illegal. uh, Yeah, I don't want anyone to get hurt or robbed. (laughs) But I'm assuming an 18-year-old could probably find a sugar daddy. You know what I mean? Like, why rob him with a knife? Just rob him slowly. You know, he doesn't even realize it's happening and then break up with him a year later. Well, everyone's got their own system, Jim. (laughs) Some people don't want to compromise their morals by having a sugar daddy. They'd much (laughs) rather threaten to stab people.